When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Four, it was a big night for the women at the ASB Rugby Awards last night, and Auckland and Blackfern's legend, and I don't say that lightly, Anna Richards became the first female recipient of the Steinlager Salva. It's basically for outstanding service to rugby both on and off the field. Just have a listen to this. World Hall Rugby Hall of Famer, 49 tests, just won four Rugby World Cups for the Blackferns, a member of the Auckland Storm side that went undefeated from 1994 to 2005. Oh, made a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit in 2005. As a coach, development manager, volunteer mentor, uh, Anna, the one word that comes to mind when I read all that out, and it is so thoroughly deserved, is wow. How does that sit with you? Um, look, the, the award was a bit of a surprise, and um, I did actually have to look it up, and I was pretty amazed with the, the guys who have got it before me. Um, but yeah, I was stoked, stoked to be recognised. But significantly, as the first woman to win it, does that really resonate with you? Yeah, it does. Um, uh, and hugely on because, honestly, I, I got called up by Farah Palmer, who I think is a legend, and I was wondering, well, why don't you pick Tara? There's lots of you know people, lots of girls around play rugby who are legends as well, so I'm, I'm pretty pretty happy to be picked. You sound like you got a bit of a hangover. Did you celebrate okay. <laughs> Did you celebrate well with one Melody Robinson? <laughs> Surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, I was working, I was on a Zoom, so I missed the whole thing on Sky. And then I jumped in a, in a, um, a Uber and went over to Mel's for a couple of celebratory drinks. Yes, I did. Yeah, and you know when you go to Melody Robbins' place, those sherbets, they just go on and on and on. When you, Why did you start playing rugby? Funnily enough, I started playing rugby because I got dropped from the Canterbury Nibble team. Um, and my coach um, at the time, her husband, um, was uh, Laurie O'Reilly, the famous Laurie O'Reilly, who, and he got me into rugby. And so I was pretty lucky because I was, I was an OK netball player, but I found out I was a better rugby player. Yeah, but what was the attraction of rugby? I mean, they're so two, two completely different sports. Yeah, uh, like I'd always watch your beats growing up, you know, getting up at, in the early hours of the morning to watch my stick up to my aunties to watch Auntie Monica. So I've always loved rugby, but I, I never thought I'd actually get the, the shot to play it because it wasn't at school then or anywhere else. And then found out I could and it's a it's a game for it's a game for champions, you know, you've got to think, it's exciting, you get to run with the ball, you get to smash people. What's not to be excited about it? <laughs> I love that line. You just get to smash people. But what were the you know, you go from average let's say average netballer in your world world to rugby player. What were the challenges physically for you? 
things in. It was just you, you used to go down and uh, we, we trained after the boys. So we trained at like 8, 8.30 at night. We wore the boys' jerseys. Uh, we played Sunday, so we wore the boys' jerseys that they played the day before that were still dirty. Um, it was about camaraderie. It was about fun. Um, back then, I never went to the gym, didn't have any money for it. So it was just, I was lucky enough to jump in an era where it was possible to take up the sport and play it. Did you think at the time when you were playing, and I mean, it's not that long ago, that there was much respect for women's rugby? Yeah, I think there was. Um, I, you know, I was very lucky uh, to play for Ponsonby uh, and for college rifles who were hugely supportive of women's rugby. And Auckland rugby's been supportive as well. I played for them for 20 years. And you know, once in today, you got on board with women's rugby in the early 1990s. You know, they, they've done really well and, and it's just grown from strength to strength, that support. What's changed stylistically about women's rugby from when you were playing? Um, hmm, that's a good one. Uh, I think, you know, now you're getting more girls who are full-time um, and you've seen it in the boys' game as well. You, you, you're just getting a little bit bigger, a bit faster, a bit fitter, um, able to work on the skills a bit more. So it's just getting uh, to be an exciting brand of rugby to watch. And, and most importantly, it's now potentially at certain parts of the game a career path for young women. Yeah, it is. Well, we used to be um, in competition with netball and hockey because it was uh, an Olympic sport and basketball um, for the cream of young athletes and, and now it's a definite pathway with a seven to a, I've got to say, awesome and I was glad to see them get team of the year last year. They just had such a superb year this year um, and it is, a, it is a genuine career pathway for girls now. There's something like, I think about 50 to 50 contracts now full time. To win one Rugby World Cup is, is something to be treasured but to win four, of the four Rugby World Cups that you have won what, which is the best one that comes to mind about just that experience, that whole campaign? Oh, you see, now that's a tough question. Oh, come on. Um, come on. That's <laughs> what, 16 years well, to think I, about? <laughs> I, I played in five, and I think I stayed and played in the next four because we lost in the semis in the first um, World Cup I played in. And I, I just not like losing. So I stayed here in, in 98, I think it was the first detention guy at the World Cup of girls, and I got to play with my sister. So that made that one really, mm. really special. A real special group of girls who played in that World Cup. Um, 2006 was memorable because of the calibre of the final. Mm. It was in a super exciting final. I'm playing England, and they played really well. So I love the 2006 final. And I suppose the 2010 was memorable because I knew it was my last one and I just soaked it up and really enjoyed the whole experience and yeah, it was, it was very cool. Are you concerned with the recent form of the Black Ferns when we have a World Cup in our neck of the woods very soon? Well, it's never nice going away and, and losing full games. Um, I think we do have issues, issues in more that we need to play more games at a, at a higher level. You know, we're, we're playing against England who have had their Alliance League for three years, which is like super easy. So they've got 10 to 15 great games a year in that, and then and that's happened for three years. And then they've got their Autumn International, their Six Nations, and their Spring International, so that's another 10 to 15 internationals a year. And what 
we played in the last two and a half years. Nothing. Yeah, uh, mind you, COVID hasn't helped, so I think we can have a, there's a bit of an out, out there. Look, the one thing that impressed me, Anna, about the Sevens, I'm glad you brought up the Sevens, because I think it was a no-brainer about Team of the Year and Sarah Hernia as, as, as skipper is uh, getting getting that. I mean, what did you say What did you say to yourself when you found out that uh, Sarah won the ultimate accolade, the Caltramone? Mate, I picked her. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first okay. thing you said. I hand, picked her. Hand, hand, oh, hand, no, hand on heart. She had to be the winner. Hand on heart, easily had to be the winner. She just had, She's such a superb player, great captain. You know, you can't fault what she's achieved in rugby and seven. She's awesome. See, the, see, Michaela Blyde said the same thing, and it, and it, it comes down to this culture question because we've already said this morning the word culture is bandied about uh, a little recklessly but the one thing that I have discovered in the last six months the Black Ferns Sevens have a culture that they deliver on and they are accountable when you were playing in your rugby days was the culture similar? I think when we talk about culture culture is about understanding why you're playing and who you're playing for and that gives you the motivation because being an being a elite athlete is tough you had to train really hard. The trainings aren't fun. It's very monotonous for 80 minutes on the pitch of 14 minutes. And so you've got to love what you do. And if you don't love what you're doing, you're not 100% bought into it. And that's kind of the culture. Then it's really tough to deliver as a team and as an individual. Bang on, as they say nowadays, 100%. But for you, Sarah Hirony, what stands her above everybody else? Um, look, she's incredibly hardworking. She's honest. She's got integrity. And above all that, she's actually an amazing player. You know, she's a great human. The family's amazing. Um, I don't think you'd meet anybody who can say anything bad about Gossy. Incredible, you know, such a good person, such a good player. And that's the second or third time I've heard the word Gossy. What's, can, can you help me out there, Gossy? Is she a gossip or what's the story? No, no, her, her maiden name was Sarah Goss. Oh, I'm stupid, aren't I? I am completely stupid. <laughs> yeah. So everybody will call her Gossy, but now she's Sarah Hiddeny. So thank you for married. Thank you for putting me in my place as being an ultimate tool. All right, let's... <laughs> Let's move on, shall we, uh, and talk about your coaching career. You something else. You is this something you were to aspire to and want to take it to a greater level? So you've coached the Storm, if my understanding is correct, uh, and 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 your assistant for Super Rugby Opaki. No, no, I didn't. I didn't make that grade, unfortunately. But yeah, like I've I've coached for twenty three years, Stephen, at a club level to start with. Just I needed to help out my club team, and and then I was lucky enough to um, go over to Hong Kong and I coached there. Um, national team, which was full time um, team, the Sevens team over there. So I was there for four years, which was awesome. And then um, I came back to New Zealand. So yeah, I, I definitely enjoy coaching, and I would like to do a bit more in that space. Oh, okay. So so okay. So the Opoki thing, what didn't you didn't make the grade, or didn't want to do it? Oh no no, I, I wanted to do it. I just didn't make the grade. Oh bugger! After all the thing, good things we've said about you, and suddenly they they they, 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 they dump on you. Hey, what what's going? What is going on here? When you, when you when you coach offshore, do you do you do you realise the impact that rugby has on people's lives? Yeah, I mean, you, you go to Hong Kong, and Hong Kong's a society that's very you know education is the paramount thing, and sport comes second. And, and because space over there is very you know most schools will have half a basketball court on the top of their five story building, so rugby's a real privilege over there to play it and you know just getting the locals on board and 
Hongkanese, and once they start playing, they love it. So how does Christmas look like for you? Wow. I am out of here on Saturday. I'm heading to Nelson. You know, I'm doing a roadie path tomorrow to pick my dad up down to Queenstown where we are descending on my nephew who is lucky enough to be looking after this very nice spread um, out in Beargrass Road. And so there's be about 15 of us out there enjoying ourselves immensely. Wow. Is it going to get messy? Uh, well, given that my dad and my sister both own stills and they've been in full production, um, Stills of what? What? What are they producing? Alcohol. Yeah, they I, produce I, I, ethanol. <laughs> <laughs> Good old boys. Here we go. Moon, moonshine. You know what you could do, don't you? You could take the salver with you and put a little bit on the salver and maybe, you know, have a bit of fun with that. I, I did say to Farah, I said, if I can't drink out of it, I'm not sure if I want to accept it. But then I was like, oh, no, I was just joking. Um, there are ways and means. Um, the wonderful Chris Coleman trophy you cannot drink out of up in Auckland, but we have been known to tape a plastic cut to it. So I actually haven't, I haven't seen the salver, so I'm not kind of sure what it looks like. So it'll be interesting to see what I can do. Well, I'm good, to see, I'm good to see that you're a setting example for young women rugby players and how to celebrate. <laughs> Anna Richards, congratulations on your award, uh, picking up the Steinlager Salva. Have a merry, merry Christmas and please travel safe. Oh, thank you very much and you have a wonderful Christmas too, Stephen. Thanks, Anna. Anna Richards. Wow, how about that? Our first woman to win the Steinlager Salva for outstanding service to rugby, both on and off the field.